realize this, uh, but my wife has blessed me for many, many years. I mean, we've been married 16, it'll be 17 years this spring, and, uh, but I never realized what a job it is to go out into grocery shop. She sent me out yesterday with a list about half of what she normally gets, and I, I'm embarrassed to say, but it took me two and a half hours to get through. She wanted me to go to Meyer and Walmart, and I'm like, I'm not going to two places. We can get everything at one. And so, I mean, I was working. I mean, I saw all kinds of people. I saw some people from the church. And I mean, it just took some time. But I'm up and down aisles. I'm looking. I'm asking. And then, you know, she said, buy four boxes of cereal. Have you ever been down the cereal aisle? It's been a long time for me. And I'm like looking. And then they have all these price drops. And then they said, if you buy four of this kind, you can get your milk free, but you got to get the right kind of milk. And then it said to buy ketchup or something. And I'm like, okay, I want to get the best deal, but I don't want to get the biggest because I know that's not right. And I mean, looking at ounces and it, it stressed me out. And so Jessica, all this years has been blessing me. I didn't even realize. And I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. Are you guys excited for Christmas? We got family coming in today, and so I got to hurry up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we're excited it, uh, for that, and it's just a great season to, uh, to celebrate together. This Christmas, the Lord led me to talk about generosity. And if you've been with us over the past couple of weeks, we've been kind of tracking and talking about the generous nature of Christmas. And really, all generosity, we've said, is rooted in God, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, three people surrendered their hearts to the Lord and uh, gave their hearts to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And we're going to give an opportunity before we end today. As I was preparing this week and just kind of diving back into scripture and just praying, the Lord reminded me that one of our core values is generosity. And I want to put it up here that we are a generous church, and I, I didn't forget it, but I it needed to be reminded that we want to give our best as we model God's nature. It's one of the 11 core values that we kind of highlight. And we do that, and we're able to be generous because God gave first. The fun part is that we get to reflect the nature of God when we give. Listen to a couple of stories that were turned in, and you'll, you'll get a kick out of these. Um, these are mostly youth, and then one mom writing about her six-year-old boy. Listen to this one first. Uh, the question was, share a time when you have been generous, and how did it make you feel? She says, well, I'm actually going to share on behalf of my son. He just turned six years old this week, and for his birthday, he accumulated $45. Now, at six years old, that's a lot of money. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, I want to be a part of that family. I took him shopping at Target, and the first thing he did was to take his little brother down the Avengers aisle to choose a toy for him. He knew his brother wanted the Hulk, so he bought it for him. He was grinning from ear to ear, and my heart and my husband's heart were moved by his example. Isn't that exciting to reflect the nature of God? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Kids, they love to give. You give to a child, and they want to bless you. And your kids are making some things today. If you've got kids back in kids' church, I know that you'll be blessed with that. Then one of our other students said this. I thought I got a kick out of this. Share a time when you've been generous. or what, Yeah, when you've been generous. And this, this young man said, I give to my brother a lot. I give him a lot of things. 
but he's mean to me. <laughs> That's what he says. And then, but it makes me feel good when I give. And it does, doesn't it? Listen to this. This uh, young lady said, I helped unload and I, um, to help load and uh, I helped unload and load our band truck after competitions, uh, after performances with my band teacher. It made me feel good that it gave, that, that I gave up my time to help. Another one said here, at school when when kids need uh, help finding a pencil or anything, uh, any kind of supplies, I have helped them so they, don't, so they won't struggle, and it made me feel good. And then my daughter, she filled one of these out a few weeks ago when we asked you guys to do it. And she said, share, I said, share a time when you've been generous and how to make you feel. And she said, boy, I was able to be generous going to the Dominican Republic, which we were just talking about. She wants to go again. And I, how to make you feel thankful for what I have. It made me feel great, happy that I'm so blessed and that I was able to bless someone. And you know what? I think it does. It reflects the nature of God when we give. And you can kind of read some of these stories from some of our young people or hear a story of a six-year-old kid giving. And you're saying, boy, that sounds good. But reality sometimes has a different pull. It's almost like a gravitational pull. We talked about it last week that there's this pull on us not to give because giving is many times counter-cultural. In our culture, we want to give or we want to get and gather and hold, but in God's economy, we're supposed to give. And giving is counterintuitive too. Sometimes you say, well, it doesn't make sense in my budget to give but you know what? It doesn't always have to make sense. We can give trusting God. And, and our time, can, the same thing. It doesn't make sense in my schedule to give or to volunteer to do this or to do that. But you know what? It always comes back to us. God wants us to take off in our generosity, to launch into generosity. And if we're going to do that, we need to remember three things. And we talked about these last week. I'll hit them real quick. The triple benefit of giving, of, of being generous. The first benefit is for the receiver. Remember we talked about that? Here's one uh, mom in the church that said, there was a time when we needed food and friends, uh, and friends blessed us by taking me to get groceries. It was awesome. You know, when you are on the receiving end of someone's generosity, how many know it is something special? There's a smile that goes to your face. When a need is met, there is a benefit for the receiver. But not only is there a benefit for the receiver, there's a benefit for the giver. We talk about this. One of the young couples there here, first service, said this, um, said, I, in my dance class, we, were, we had to travel to different places to perform, and some, other, some of the students didn't have a car or a ride. I offered them to drive, and they said, look, we don't have any gas money to give you. I said, no problem. I took them anyway, and it made me feel good because I've been there before. There was a benefit as this young lady, who just got married, by the way, she was able to give, and it blessed her in re- Turn and listen to this one. Um, a, an older adult in, in the church filled this out. She says, "I gave a sack of groceries to a family whose uh, whose husband was in jail, and it felt so good sharing a little of what we had." And you know what? When you give in that kind of way, there is an overflowing benefit that comes back to the giver. But not only is there a gift. Or a benefit for the, for the receiver and the giver. What was the third one? Do you remember last week? There's a benefit for eternity. Listen to this one. I love this. This really moved me. When my late wife was sick with cancer, she was unable to go 
out Christmas caroling with the church like she had before. What was a, so such a surprise when we heard a wonderful sound of caroling outside of our window. To see the look on my wife's face was so wonderful. It was the best gift we received that year. And that ended up being her last Christmas with us. You know, when we do something, when we listen to God and we give in a generous way, that gift is not only counted on this side of eternity and where there's the gift and the, and the receiver, they, we, there are, there's benefits, but there's benefits for eternity. For that family, for in God's kingdom, we talked last week, week about getting jewels in our crown, and we want to be people. When we live for eternity, when we start to invest in eternal things, when we give for eternity, our reward, the Bible says in Matthew 10, 42, and Ephesians 6, 8, our reward will not be forgotten. It's a guarantee. And so our goal this Christmas and in our lives is to grow in our generosity, to be a river of generosity. I remember when I was climbing in, in Utah up on uh, King's Peak, and uh, it was a great trip. Uh, spent some, a couple days in the mountains, and I remember the streams that flowed in the crystal clear water. It was fresh and refreshing. The great opposite of that is the Dead Sea. Has anyone ever been to the Dead Sea or uh, to Israel on a trip? A couple people first service were. My parents have been there two times, and the first time they got in to the Dead Sea, which is kind of nasty and gross. If you don't know what the Dead Sea is, it's a, it's a body of water that uh, 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 salt water comes in, there's an inlet, but there's no outlet. And so what happens, the sun beats on the water, it evaporates the water, but the salt remains. And so literally, you can get inside into the um, uh, Dead Sea and you float. You can relax, you can read a book without you know, getting it wet, and it's quite an amazing thing. But those that have been there more than two times or more than one time, you don't get in the Dead Sea more than once because it's nasty. It's gross. It gets all in your crevices and it's hard to get out and it's just the reality of it. And it's dead because there's no flow. You can float, but you're not moving anywhere. And what's interesting when we think about giving, when we give, when we're a conduit of God to work through us to bless someone else, it's refreshing. But if we hang on, everything we've got, and we're stingy, or we're just not givers, I'm telling you, we start to stink, and it's not fun to live our lives that way. The other thing about generosity that we've said is that it's contagious. Listen to this. After last Sunday's uh, message, if you weren't here last week, we gave away dollar bills to everybody, and then we gave them to each other. Listen to this. Pastor Ben, I just had to share this with you. So I was working last Sunday night delivering in Benton Harbor area and delivering to one of my stops. I finished my delivery, got back in my truck, and I noticed a young woman who was rummaging through the dumpster. Listen to this. I asked her if everything was okay, and she said, no. She said, I just found out that I'm pregnant. And when I told my boyfriend, he was upset and told me and my son to move out. I have no place to live, no food for me and my son. So I returned. And she says, so this guy says, I, I, in return, I used your sermon from Sunday to help. I gave her some boxes of donuts. He delivers donuts. <laughs> and I gave her the $2 or I bought, I bought milk with the $2 that I had received that Sunday morning uh, from, from Sunday. 
And I prayed with her that God would help her through the difficult time. And if she needed anything, just to lift it up to God. He hears our prayers. The cool thing about that is that you hear a story of generosity, something like that. And I don't know about you, but I hear that and I want to do something great like that too. I want to see someone getting out of a trash can and bless them some way. I want, when I'm at work I want, around here, I want to do something nice for Pete and Deb or, or for Bonnie. I want, I want to, when I'm in my neighborhood, I want to bless my neighbors when I hear stuff like that. Generosity is contagious. And I believe that it helps us grow spiritually, especially when we uh, do something sacrificial in nature. It helps us in our discipleship process because what it is, we are becoming more and more like God. You may be sitting here this morning saying, okay, that sounds good, but do we really have to be generous to the point where it really hurts to really be sacrificial? And I would say yes. It is a proper response for us to do something sacrificial in response to what Jesus has done for us. And what I love is that there is no limit to what could be done. If we all lived and were generous each and every day of our lives, how many know needs would be met all over this, all over this town, in this church, all over the world, if we were generous? We call today, Christmas Sunday, the big gift. And I want to focus on the idea of Christmas and the gift giving that happens. We talked about buying gifts. How many still need to buy a couple gifts? Anybody still need to buy a couple uh, late givers or late buyers? How many are finished? Uh, they're just done. Is anybody not buying any gifts this year? Don't raise your hand. We're talking about generosity. We don't do that. But how many are excited to get, to get a few gifts? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I know I, we've got some gifts underneath my tree already. And uh, uh, on Friday night, I didn't realize this, Jessica had bought me something. And I thought, well, we're going to use that, I, in my mind, for our staff and board Christmas party. And uh, she lied to me, just so you know. I said, hey, did you get me the, the game I wanted? And she, <laughs> she, she said, no, you gave me so many things. How could I, how could I uh, you know, get them all? And so I went out and bought it myself. And then she told me later that she bought it, so I kind of ruined it. But, uh, but anyway, I'm excited to receive some gifts. But have you ever wondered why we give gifts at Christmas? A story of Christ's birth, a baby coming to earth. Now, if you came to my birthday party and had a gift for everybody else except me, I'd be kind of mad. I don't know about you, but Jesus, no, he loves it, and we give. And really, the reason we give, it goes back to the reason Jesus came. He came to give his life, and we can see in Scripture that there was a pattern early in Scripture that there was a generous spirit in the church. And even when Jesus was a baby, about two years old, the wise men came and brought him gifts. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. I encourage you and your family to read the Christmas story. Uh, if you weren't planning on doing that, make sure you do that before you open up all your gifts. Make Jesus the center. But listen, I just want to read a part of it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now, if you skip over uh, uh, to verse 10, 
When they saw the star, they went off and, and looking for the child. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, on coming to the house, they saw the child was with Mary. And what was their response? There were two responses that the Magi had. And by the way, we'd say kind of three kings or we three kings. We sing that song. Well, there were three gifts we're going to see in just a second. But it was more like an entourage of people. A whole group of would have been together. But listen to what they did. And when they, when they saw Mary and the child, they bowed down and worshipped. They worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And when you study that and you look at that account, it is really interesting that gold was given as a sign of wealth and of nobility and of royalty. Gold was only given to kings. The frankincense or the incense there was an expensive, sweet-smelling, special occasion type of gift. And then the myrrh, of course, was a valuable perfume given to people that were mortals, they they would consider, which was interesting because when you study that, Jesus was fully God, right, and fully man. And they used myrrh to wrap bodies, to embalm bodies, and it was interesting about that. But what happened, what I want you to see is that the Magi, they responded to God giving his best. They gave their very best gifts. And we can bring a great gift as well. The same response that the Magi had, I believe, is the proper response for us this Christmas. But you fast forward all those years, 2,000 plus years, what has Christmas become? You go shopping today if you want. I'm not. But Christmas has become a crazy holiday full of materialism. There's pagan tradition and some Christian uh, uh, tradition put together. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And when it comes to gift giving, the gift giving has become obligatory or habitual. It's just out of habit. It's kind of lost its meaning in many, many situations. In a book, it's a great book, it's called Unplug the Christmas Machine, which talks about the craziness of Christmas these days. Uh, There was 10 hidden gift-giving rules. Listen to these. See if you relate or have been caught up in any of these. The first one said this, give a gift to everyone you expect to get a gift from. Now, does that make sense? I don't know. Number two, if someone gives you a gift unexpectedly, reciprocate that year. Number three, when you add a name to your gift list, give that person a gift each and every year thereafter. Number four, the amount of the gift you spend, uh, the money you spend on a gift determines how much you care about the recipient. You've ever been caught up in that one? (coughs) Number five, gift exchanges between adults should be roughly equal in value. These are hidden gift rules that we all at least are on our mind at one point or other, I'm sure. Number six, the presents you give someone should be fairly consistent in value over the years. Number seven, I love this. If you give a gift to a person in one category, for example, your neighbors or your coworkers, give a gift to everyone in that category and the gift should be similar in value. Number eight, women, you'll love this. Women should give gifts to their closest women friends. And all the ladies said amen. And men should not give 
gifts to their male friends. <laughs> That's just weird, all right? And then number 10, whenever the above rules uh, cause you any difficulty, remedy the situation by buying more gifts. You know, we get caught up in this. It's kind of funny to read, or, but it's, there's some truth in there, isn't there? And it's kind of sad. And for some of us, at times, it takes the joy out of giving. Certainly, it causes us to give gifts that we can afford, and it doesn't cause us to be sacrificial or to be generous. It's the exact opposite of what 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, which has been our homework reading for the last couple weeks, has described. If you've read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, it talks about being generous on every occasion, sacrificially giving, and the idea that what, with whatever we give, we will reap a benefit as well. If you back that up in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul describes Jesus giving up his own divine wealth and he became poor. Why? So his poverty could make us rich. Again, Jesus led the way. And then in chapters 8 and 9, which you've read, I hope, Paul holds the Macedonian church in high esteem for their giving. Now, we're calling today the big gift, and many of you are ready to give a gift, and we've talked about that uh, over the last couple weeks. But I want you to know that Jesus, He is the big gift. Without Him, nothing matters. This year in my house, we've been doing an Advent calendar, and we've been studying each day. Uh, we've missed a couple, but we've been studying the names of Jesus. And when you look at the names of Jesus and who he is, he is the only reason for the season. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the bright and morning star, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Prince of Peace. He's our comforter. He's our rock. He's our salvation. Jesus is the big gift. So the question is this morning is how can you give generously back to Jesus? I don't think it's any different than the first response of those magi. I think the best way to respond, especially at Christmas, is to bring our worship to him. Not only does God desire it, he deserves it to worship him, to bring our gifts to the altar. And in a couple moments, we're going to do that. And we'll, we'll talk about how that looks. The other thing is that I believe that as believers, we should be the most generous people living. And we should be able to give to each other to bring gifts. Now, we talked last week about different types of gifts, not only gifts that cost money, but bringing gifts of our time or talent or laughter. To bring a gift of a compliment, we could certainly do that this morning, or write a little note to bring a picture uh, or listen to someone to bring a gift of affection or acceptance. And then we said this, we, the, one of the best gifts you could give someone is to pray for them. When you pray for someone, you, your heart grows for them. And so this morning, we're going to challenge each other to look at this list and to bring gifts to each other this morning. We're going to end the, our time together. And uh, Brendan, you can come. And we're going to do something really unique. It worked pretty good for service, and I think it was meaningful. The first thing we're going to challenge you to do is to look around this room and find a person or two 
that you could take one of these gift-giving ideas, or maybe you brought, brought something as well, and to bless someone with one of these types of gifts. Maybe you've noticed someone, and uh, they've got a, you know, a good-looking shirt on, and say, Billy, I really like that. Give a gift of compliment. Maybe just give someone a hug, a gift of affection. Or say, hey, can I pray with you this morning? You may want to write a little note and, and slip it to them or give them a little gift card or something like that. We wanted as a church to kind of lead the way and, and uh, uh, the board, we said a couple weeks ago, we said, you know, the, the Lord has blessed us. Let's bless our volunteers. And so we, uh, we are giving uh, all our volunteers to the best of our ability uh, a gift card or, or in a little note from each of the department heads. And so that's kind of fun. But we want to take it a step further and just not only bless each other, because I think that's a proper response at Christmas time to do, but then after we do that, I want us to respond together at the altar, bringing a gift of worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And our heart is is that we would find ourselves keeping Jesus number one on our knees worshiping him and I believe God will honor that in all of our lives but before we do that I want to tell you about the greatest gift you could ever receive the greatest gift you could ever receive is the gift of salvation it's already been provided for us this morning If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, don't walk out of here without making your peace with the Lord. God, He loves you so much. He's crazy about you. And from the beginning of time, His heart was that you would respond to Him in a salvation call. You don't have to do it this morning, but I'm telling you, you call in the name of Jesus, and the Bible says you will be saved. So we want to give opportunity this morning. If you are here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, would you just be honest and lift up your hand? We want to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to single you out, but we're going to pray and ask God to, to bless you, to fill you. Anybody at all? Say, yeah, that's me this morning. morning, we're going to focus on two things. The first is reflecting on the nature of God, and we want you to give a gift or two in these next few moments. In just a minute, Brendan's going to lead us in a song. We're going to kind of all stand together and then just kind of intermingle like a greet time. I'm going to ask that no one leave. And then after a few moments, we are going, after you give a couple of compliments, after you give a couple hugs, or write down a note, or give a gift that you may have brought, then we're going to have a call to worship, and I'm going to ask that you would come and find yourself at the altar. And and Brandon will lead us in a worship song. We're just going to worship God, keeping Him number one this year before we go and hit the streets and spend time with family, keeping Him number one. So, I want you to stand right where you are, if you're able. And even if it's a little awkward, we're going to take probably five minutes or so, and we're going to just 
walk around. We're gonna, we've got some gifts that we want to give, uh, that you want to give to each other. And maybe just be, ask the Lord here in the next moment, who could I give a gift to today? And uh, let the Lord lead you and just be obedient to that. Maybe the Lord put it on your heart and slip someone a $5 bill or give them a 20. Lord put it on our heart to do that this morning and it was exciting how God moves in our lives. So we're going to do that and then we'll have a call to worship. Does that make sense? All right, let's move. Let's get out of our seats and we got a few things we want to give, all right? And you want to give as well. All right. Now I'm going to ask that you would move from where you are and come forward in response to our Heavenly Father who gave it all, gave His one and only Son. We celebrate that at Christmas in a special way. I want you to imagine yourself as you're coming as if you were part of that original group with the Magi coming, seeking out the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What's interesting is that when you read the story in its entirety, which I encourage you to do, it had been foretold hundreds and hundreds of years earlier that a king would come and that there would be a star in the sky that they would represent that king. And the Magi, these were people of science and of mathematics, and they studied the stars. So when they saw that star appear, They knew a king had been born. And their response was incredible. Their response was to come and to worship that king. And my heart is for you.
that would be your response to come to worship. And then they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This morning, and you've already kind of done that, given a gift of compliment, given a gift of love, of acceptance, whatever the case might be. But for the next moment or two, could we just get lost in worshiping our Savior? Put yourself in those shoes. You may want to close your eyes. You may want to lift your hands. But let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning before we head off to the busy Christmas season. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My hope is built on nothing less. Yes, Lord. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Lord, bless you. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name in Christ alone the cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within and in our lives. Capture us, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Bless your name. 
I'm going to give a gift to each of you, a gift of prayer. I'm going to pray for you and your family this morning. And then once I say amen, I want to sing in Christ alone one more time, and then we'll be dismissed. But Lord, before we dismiss, I pray for each and every one here. Lord, that you'd put your hand upon their lives, that you would bless them, God, in a special way. Lord, I pray for every couple here, every married couple, Lord, that their marriage would be strong in Jesus' name. It would be healthy, God. Lord, I pray for every single adult here. Lord, I pray for their relationships. I pray for their lives, for their work. God, that you would put your hand upon their lives. I pray for our young people, for our children, God. Lord, that you would bless our families, God. And Lord, I pray for each one that's here. Lord, that not only would we know in our head the story of Christmas, but Lord, let us experience it in our heart. Help us to find ourselves worshiping you. And God, as we leave here today, Lord, put it on our mind, God. Keep it in the forefront, God that all these gifts are really because of you. And Lord, help us to honor you in everything that is said and done in these next few days as we're with family, as we're with friends. God, I pray that you would just go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray it all in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's put our hands in the air one more time and say in Christ alone, he's our cornerstone. He's our rock. He's our fortress. He is the one that we can trust in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love.
one-hour service next week. God bless you. Lay down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the Jesus. 